Well, thank you once again, everyone who participated in that. Uh, as you can see, this is one of the reasons why we do this every year, is it is just a, a great way for us to literally do what the song says, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and uh, to be in a community that we believe could benefit from people who know and love Jesus and uh, through your work. So we want to thank you for that, uh, for taking uh, that week off. And uh, the, some of you have answered or asked me already, no, we are not going to do that every week. So and no, you have to sit in here every once in a while and listen to a message. But uh, no, we, we enjoyed it. And come on, did anyone else notice something? We live in San Diego. Wasn't it amazing that we could do that? It, 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 there was one day, if it was like two days ago, it would have been a bad day to do it. But, you know, we're so blessed here. We have so much going for us. Um, we were on the beach cleaning it up when the rest of the country was in a snowstorm. So, just saying. Anyway, uh, we, we really are so grateful for you, grateful for the team who led that, uh, Pastor Felipe, and uh, where's Holly? She's in here. Thank you for organizing and putting that together for us and, and keeping us all with many projects to do to go serve. Um, I know that we are already getting feedback from a lot of the people that we worked with, just how grateful they were for the work that was being done. And uh, so thank you again for what you do. It makes a difference. Um, I want to just, a couple announcements before we move on with the morning. If you are a guest with us here today, we are so glad that you are here. And uh, we want to welcome you. And uh, there is, if you are inside in your seat uh, Right in front of you, there's a QR code you can use, or you can even hold your phone up to the screen right now. No one's going to think it's weird. If you're out on the plaza or online as well, if you just want to let us know you're here, let us know the best way to communicate with you. We'd love to hear, get to know you more and discover how we can walk alongside you in your faith journey, even if you're just seeking and saying, hey, I don't know what I believe yet. We'd love to get to know you. So let us know you're here, and uh, we'd, we'll definitely reach out uh, right away this week to kind of get to know you a little bit more. And uh, also, if you are a guest, Next week, we have a thing called Seacoast Next during second service, and that's a way for you can learn a little bit more about who we are here, as well as you can learn uh, ways to plug in and get connected. Uh, and one other thing for you, ladies, uh, the weekend getaway is coming up in just a few weeks on uh, March 25th through 27th, and uh, there's spaces left, but we do want you to uh, register by next week. Now, we know it's Encinitas. So I know, even all of you who are planning on going are like, well, I'll sign up later. You got to sign up pretty soon. They need to know that you're there. They have to, they want to prepare. So uh, if you're planning on going, we'd love for you to go ahead and make that commitment, sign up, and uh, let us know that you will be there so the team can continue to prepare for you. So uh, that is coming up in a couple weeks. So guys, start preparing. You can do it. You can do it. Those of you with kids at home, you can do it. Some of you other guys are like, I am golfing that weekend. That's awesome. So uh, anyone out there today? Come on, guys. Let's go. All right. So uh, let's transition into the message a little bit. But before we do, uh, you know, this week or the last couple weeks, as you know, we look around in our world and once again, there's turmoil, there's chaos, there's all kinds of things. And we want to just let you know a couple things. What we have done in response to the Ukraine crisis um, we were able to, we have an emergency relief fund where we use some of those funds uh, to give to a partnership. Actually, it's one of you support a missionary, a mission organization in Latvia that's working with Ukrainian kids and refugees. We were able to support them and help them uh, with that global relief fund or with that emergency relief fund. And then also we're part of the EFCA and within the EFCA that there is uh, a partnership with REACH Global. It's part of EFCA and there's a Ukrainian response a crisis response. If you want to partner and give to that, 
in addition to your normal giving, you can write a check and just let us know that you want to go to the Ukrainian Relief Fund, drop it in the box, and we'll get that to the right place and let you know. But before we continue, what I want to do is pray. And as we pray for this moment, I'm going to ask, we're going to do something here. We're going to have you just kind of circle up right where you are. Just turn. And if you're new or you're like, I don't want to pray with someone else, it's okay. Just sit where you are. Um, But we're going to ask you as a church to pray together. And not everyone has to pray. Maybe just one of you in a little cluster, those of you who are okay with that. But let's take time and let's lift up uh, not only those who are being affected on the Ukrainian side, let's lift up the soldiers on both sides that God would somehow use this to speak to their hearts. And that somehow the church would have this opportunity to display what the love of Jesus looks like. And so we're praying for wisdom. We're praying for a quick end to the conflict. And then we're praying for all of the fallout. And, you know, we had to do this not so long ago with Afghanistan refugees. We had to do this with Syrian refugees. Now there's Ukrainian refugees. God has a heart for those who are displaced. And so do we. So let's take time to pray. We're going to just take about 30 seconds or a minute. I'm going to ask you to partner, just circle around. If you feel comfortable praying, if you want to pray by yourself, just put your head down. We get it. And uh, let's take some time to pray. God, we, we come to you as a church praying, and we know we're united with brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world. God, even brothers and sisters in Christ who are in the Ukraine, who some have stayed, some are leaving, um, we, even partners throughout Eastern Europe that are heading towards a conflict with response and with aid and some with just empty vans that they're filling up with people that they can bring to their homes. God, I pray that as the world comes together, Lord, that it would be an awesome display of of who you are. And so, God, we ask for your power. We ask that you would show up. And we ask that, 
Lord, that there would be a, a, an end, a quick end to this conflict, an unexpected end that would be favorable. And uh, Lord, we pray that, uh, again, that you'd give wisdom and courage to those Christians around the globe who are deciding how to respond and how to help. Lord, may you be lifted up. And I pray that every dollar that we give would be multiplied, uh, that the right uh, support goes to the right people. Lord, um, we know that you have a heart for those who are displaced. You have the heart for those who are uh, broken. And Lord, right now, uh, we ask that you would use this to meet the hearts of those who are displaced and broken and uh, help us to know where we step in. So we thank you and give you this time now in your name. Amen. Well, speaking of prayer, Corey Ten Boom once said this, we'll never know how God will answer our prayers, but we can expect that he will get us involved in his plan for the answer. Hear that again. We will never know how God will answer our prayers, but we can expect that he will get us involved in his plan for the answer. If I were to ask you here today, do you believe that prayer works? Uh, how would you respond to that? Do you believe that prayer makes a difference? My wife and I were having this debate years and years ago. We were in this uh, a drive. We were living in the L.A. region at the time, and we were coming home from Arizona, and that's a beautiful drive, you know, on the 10, uh, across just the barren, God-forsaken land of just dirt. <laughs> And uh, part of that drive, as we were heading that way towards uh, the L.A. region, toward, at some point we started talking about prayer. And I've shared with some of you this story, but we literally got in this conversation of, well, how does prayer work? Does it work? Does it really matter? Are we twisting God's arm to get him to do something we want him to do? Or what is, what's at work with prayer? And literally after this debate or conversation went on for about 30 minutes, we were in the San Bernardino region, and we looked on the side of the road. There was a giant billboard that had two words on it. No pictures, nothing else, just two words. And the word said, prayer works. <laughs> we looked at each other, and we're like, hmm, okay, I guess it works. And, it, and that was the end of that conversation. It's like God met us at that moment to tell us what we needed to know, what he wanted us to be reminded of, of somehow in the midst of prayer that it does something. Though sometimes, as Corey Ten Boom said, we may not know how that answer comes to fruition, but we know that God will get us involved in his plan to find that answer. We are in a series right now that we are calling Bless. It's loving others, loving like Jesus in everyday life. And the whole purpose of this is that we become people who are aware. We looked at a couple weeks ago in Genesis chapter 12 that said God called a people for his own. He called a people out and said, I want you to be my people to then represent my character to the ends of the earth. You are going to be blessed, to, then I want you to bless, to enter in so others may know who I am as a creator God. The next week, we looked at, well, what does it mean if we're living among people who don't believe or people who are actually against you, God? What was it, do, do we bless even in exile? And the answer was yes, even there. And now, as we turn a corner in this series, we're gonna enter into uh, several weeks in a row now where we're gonna get real practical. And we're gonna answer the question of, what are some steps, what are things we can do to 
bless others that, and to love others like Jesus in a way that is attainable for all of us. Because I know when we talk about this, loving others like Jesus, some of you just think, oh, I'm, I'm just, I love, I, I'm a Christian, I'm not a very good Christian, but loving others, that's start, you're starting to sound like you want me to be an evangelist? Sounds kind of crazy. Maybe some of you are here today and you think, I'm just still exploring faith. And, and I don't know, I'm, I'm barely a Christian, I'm not, maybe not even a Christian, I'm just kind of figuring it out. Now you want me to love people like Jesus? I don't think I can do that. And what we want for you today is our heart is that you see that the heart of God is that he loves you desperately. And he's called a people of his own. And we, as followers of Jesus, believe this love of God is so worth sharing with others that we want to be a part of it. But I love what we're getting into the next few weeks because we're going to give you five, through five weeks, we're going to give you five easy things that you probably already do. And if you don't, you can do very easily a way to love others. So you guys ready for it? I told you a couple weeks ago, we buried the lead. We didn't tell you, but the rest of the series isn't a, it's an acronym. Okay, and so the first week, what we're dealing with with BLESS is we're going to begin with prayer. Okay, here we go. We have it for you. This is, and now, now the rest of the su- morning, you guys are going to be trying to figure out what the other four are. I know. Go ahead to put your guess in there and we'll get to it. But so we, we're going to give you five easy ways that we can love others the way Jesus did and the way he modeled. And the first one is begin with prayer. One of the first things that we see Jesus do in his life and his adult ministry is he goes away to pray. We see him spend actually 40 days in the wilderness praying before he officially starts his ministry. In fact, that's what leads into this tradition of Lent. And any of you who grew up maybe in a Catholic tradition or other faith groups that practice Lent that started this week, uh, that is based roughly on this taking 40 days to join in the sufferings with Christ to prepare our hearts for Resurrection Sunday, which is coming up. And we're actually going to give you a challenge with Lent, or, or with this season that's coming up at the end of the service. We'll let you know what we're going to challenge you to do. But Jesus went away to pray. Look at what, he, what was written about him in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and went away to a secluded place and prayed there for a time. Now, a lot of you actually, you can model this verse, right? But you might take pray and put something else in there. It was still dark. You got up and you went to a secluded place and you surfed there for a time. Or you ran for a time or worked out for a time or hid from your kids for a time. Maybe you can continue to do that, but just add in and prayed, surfed and prayed for a time. But Jesus got away to pray. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, before Jesus chose his 12 disciples, Luke writes this, it was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer with God. When day came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them. So when he, before he chose his 12 specific disciples, he spent the night praying, and he came back And when he came back, he chose a loudmouth. He chose these guys he called the Sons of Thunder. He chose a guy who was going to betray him. He chose a guy who was a zealot who was fighting against the government. He chose a government worker, a tax collector. He chose a doubter. Like, that must have been quite a prayer session, you think? It took all night where God's like, okay, I think it's this guy. And the father's like, no, how about the doubter? Like, "Mm, really, Lord? (laughs) He puts together the 12, but he went away. He began with prayer. 
In fact, in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. We know that Jesus would take time to get out of the chaos, to step out of the busyness of even doing good, to pray, to begin with prayer. Now, that's a challenge that we're going to give for you today is to begin with prayer, but let's answer the question, what did he pray? And I want to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of John chapter 17. In John chapter 17, we're going to look at a couple. This is a, one of Jesus' prayers that are recorded. We have several of prayers that Jesus prayed that have been recorded in Scripture. This is one that gives us some insight. Now, we also know that he, he taught us to pray in a thing called the Lord's Prayer, where he actually gives us a model for how to pray. And if you look at John 17, it actually has the elements of the Lord's Prayer that are just kind of double-clicked on each of those and what they mean. But I'm just going to give you two things today. There's many things we can pray about, but these two things, I believe, really give us a model or framework of when we're talking about praying and beginning with prayer, what are a couple things that we can think about to pray? And uh, in John chapter 17, if you are new with your Bible, it's about two-thirds of the way through in what we call the New Testament. And uh, you're always welcome to use your phone or any digital device. And in that case, you just scroll, find it. John chapter 17 in the New Testament. And it's talking about Jesus. And and here's how it starts in verse 1. Jesus spoke these things, and raising his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Just as you gave him authority over all mankind, so that all that you have given him, he may give eternal life. And this is eternal life, that all may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work which you have given me to do. So here as Jesus starts and begins this prayer, he prays that God would be glorified. Now glorified is this churchy word, right? It's, it's, this, it's not a word we use too often outside of the church. You don't walk around and tell your friends like, oh, you know, I, I, today is so glorified, or oh, glory to be to God. I mean, this is, it doesn't sound right outside of this context. But what does it mean to start off your prayer with pray for God to be glorified? First, we need to understand the word glorified is rooted in the word glory, which essentially is the image or the character of So we're talking about the character and image of God, and to glorify him in the context of this is that that God's character, his likeness would be on display so that it turns us to praise. So when Jesus says, hey, he says, glorify me, which by the way, we don't need to pray that. God does not need to glorify you because you're not God, okay? But when Jesus is praying that as God the Son, like, hey, as I am glorified, I glorified the Father, meaning all of God, Trinity, the characters on display. How? He said, as I have accomplished your mission of bringing eternal life to mankind, the character of God has been displayed. The glory of God is on display. Now use that, Lord, to bring people to you. They're turned to you. They see who you are. And that glorifies you. So when we use that word glory, it's really the character and likeness of. And again, we don't use it off. I guess sometimes we have a phrase in our culture like, oh, he saw me in all my glory. So that might, in that case, that's all of that, who it makes you who you are, which usually doesn't cause people to turn to praise in my case. But, you know, but for God, if we, we want to see him in all of his character, all of his likeness of who he 
is. So we begin our prayer of God through my life. I pray that you may be glorified, that your character can be on display, that people can see your compassion, that they can see your mercy, that they see what it means that you're a God of love, that you're a God of justice. May you be glorified. In the Lord's Prayer, it starts off as Jesus taught us to pray. He said, Our Father who's in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is essentially saying, may you, you are holy, you are set apart. May who you are be put on display. So we begin with that prayer of God. We want people to see the true character, your true holiness, your true everything about you. That's where we begin. Let's go back to John chapter 17. Jesus spent some time praying for unity, and we're going to jump all the way down to verse 18. And Jesus prays this as he's kind of towards the end of his prayer, and he says, Just as you sent me into the world, I also send them, or the disciples, into the world. And for their sakes, I set myself apart. I, I sanctify myself so that they may also be sanctified. This means to be made holy, that they may be transformed in the truth. Verse 20, I'm not asking on behalf of just the disciples, but on, for all of those who believe in me through their message, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. So what are we doing when we pray? We're aligning our hearts with God's heart. We're having our eyes open to seeing eternal perspective. And look at how Jesus is praying here. He's praying that we may, uh, that the disciples, and then through their message for everyone who believes, that we may experience the unity. Unity together to do what? To help others believe. So the second thing we want to pray is for opportunities to partner with God in his mission. We start off by praying, God, we want you to be glorified. We want your name to be made known. But then notice through this, he's praying that now as they go, as the disciples go, may you give them unity so that others may hear and receive this message, so that others may be, see my character on display and then turn their hearts to me. So we want to pray for opportunities to be a part of God's mission. Now that's something that I don't think we all wake up in the morning saying, God, I just, I would love to see, use me however you want. Now, some of you pray that way. How many of you don't raise your hands, but would say, I actually am kind of scared of that prayer. God, use me however you want, except for let me give you a list of ways that don't work. <laughs> it's a scary prayer. I love how Dave Ferguson said it. He said this, what if instead of waiting for God to grab our attention, we were intentional about giving our attention to him. What about instead of waiting for God to grab our attention every day, we were intentional about giving our attention to him. We start off and said, God, I want to get, I'm, I'm here, I'm available. Show me what opportunities you want me to step into today. Show me what you want to do with me. There's a story by a, a speaker and author named Beth Moore. She's a Bible teacher, and many of you maybe are familiar with her. But she tells a story of a time she's at an airport. Why do airports always happen to be the preacher's stories? But they, they happen often, right? 
And, she, and she's there, and she sees an older man sitting in a wheelchair who looks very disheveled. His hair is all messed up. And she kind of looks over and glances at him and then has this internal dialogue with God that says, Lord, no. <laughs> I don't want to go share my faith with him. Please don't ask me to. And she kind of still sits there and looks up again, sees him again, like, God, I don't want to go say anything to this guy. I'm not going to share my faith with him. I'm not. And, and finally, she looks again and felt in her heart that God said, I don't want you to share your faith. I want you to go and comb his hair. To which she thought, maybe I can just share the faith. I mean, what did he? She didn't say that. That's what I would have said. So he go, she goes over to him. And she says, sir, may I have the privilege of combing your hair for you, brushing your hair. And he looked up at her, and he said, I'm not able to lift my arm high enough to do it. And so, yes, go ahead. And she said, well, I don't have a brush. And he goes, oh, don't worry, I have one right here. So she takes out the brush and begins combing his hair. She said in that moment that her heart was changed, that she didn't think about anyone around her. But she was just in the moment and felt this overwhelming love of God poured out through her. At the end of the conversation, she did say, hey, do you by any chance know my Savior Jesus? To which the man replied, yes, I do. My wife and I have been following Jesus for all of our lives, for decades. And he said, in fact, a few months ago, I had a major medical operation and I had to come here and my wife was too ill to travel with me, so I haven't seen her in two months. And today I'm going to go see her, and I was just thinking how much of a mess I look and how sad it will be to see my bride looking the way I look. Wow. It wasn't what she thought she was going to be asked to do. It wasn't what the opportunity she thought was the more spiritual one, but it was the one that God said, I want you to step into this moment if we pray God show me the opportunities that you want me to walk in today so what does that look like because ultimately our heart is that we want to be Christ on display in all of those ways that in that moment that man saw a reminder of God's compassion for him even though he was always a, already a follower Maybe this story went on to his grandkids or his kids. Maybe those who saw said, what's going on here? And God's heart was on display before others. We don't always know how it's going to happen. But ultimately, our prayer is, God, we want to be a part of your mission. What does that look like? So as we challenge you to pray, I want to give you a few practical things. As we pray for others and start off our day on this blessed practice and we pray that God be glorified and that we have opportunities. Let me give you some practical hints, just four things that I think will help us do this. Because I want to be honest with you. I am not really good at prayer. Okay? I know I'm trained in it. I'm certified. I have a master's degree to pray. When I go out to lunch with you, you guys look at me like, you're going to pray or what? Just, you know. But it's not, it's not the best, it's not my most natural, easy practice. And so let me give you a few things that I think will help. And I've been working on doing this, these same tips as I think of praying, how can I love others, bless others, and pray in a specific way. So here's a few things to think about. The first one is this. Plan a specific time and place to pray each day. 
Again, I made the joke, but it's, it's serious. Some of you get up every day at the same time to do the same thing. It might be to go surfing. It might be to go to work out. It might be because that's the only time of day no one else is awake, and so you just want peace and quiet. And all the parents in here are like, amen, amen. I get you. What if you use that time to just take some moment to prayer, to pray? Some of you already do. I know someone in the congregation said, oh, I get up at 4.30 every morning and I start praying. And by the time my husband gets up at 5.30, I'm just in the presence of the Lord. I'm just like, man, 4.30? I'm in the presence of the Lord in dream world. Okay, that's the only time. But whatever works for you, but set a specific time and place and make it a regular thing. Last year, we did this thing leading up to Easter called the 714 Challenge. We're going to challenge you to do it again this year. 714 is, we want you to set your alarm for 714. Some of you, that might be in the evening, not the morning. We don't care. But 714 every day. And when that alarm goes off, would you take some time to pray? And for us, we're going to ask you to pray specifically for someone you know who does not know Jesus. Why 714? In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, I will hear their prayers and heal their land. So we're going to challenge the whole church. That's 714 every day, or you can do twice a day. If you don't use a military clock, you can do twice a day and pray at 714. Set a plan, a specific time and place every day to pray. It helps. If you just kind of go with the flow, it's harder. But when you plan it, it works. Second thing is this, how to make your prayers, uh, make it a habit. Uh, prepare your heart. Prepare your heart to listen. Start off and say, God, I want to use this time and I want to hear from you. Maybe don't talk the whole time. Pause. And say, God, I want to listen. And also prepare your heart this way. Some of us, when we think of being used by God, one of the natural things that we think is, but just don't put me in a situation where I don't have what it takes. Don't put me in a situation where I don't have the right answer or I'm around people who are too tough for me or don't, don't, God, just, here, here's my parameters. Because sometimes we feel like we just don't have what it takes. But I want to remind you in Philemon, chapter, or, there's only one. So Philemon, verse 6, Paul writes this. I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for the sake of Christ. In other words, what he's saying is, I pray that you would understand that everything you need is already in you in Christ. That you are a compassionate person. You are a generous person. You are a loving person. You are someone who understands true justice. You are somebody who knows how to forgive. That is true of you in Christ. Christ is in you. The Spirit of God is in you. So that is what is true of you. So when you think, oh Lord, I, I'm not... I don't, I don't know how to be that person. You might not know how to be it yet, but that's what's already true of you. So know that, God, I want to prepare my heart and just help me believe that I am who you say I am. Prepare your heart, and then that allows us to listen. Next tip for us. So we have plan a specific time, prepare your heart to listen, and then this. This gets real practical. Think through the places that you will be today. Just think through, imagine all the places that you will be during the day. So start off your day and say, okay, where am I going to go? I'm going to go to work. 
And that's all. I'm going to go to work. Okay, maybe that's it. But maybe for you, it's, oh, I'm going to my favorite coffee shop that I go to every day. So think through that. What kind of people am I going to encounter? Do I see the same person every day? Oh, I, I, that's right. I'm volunteering in the school today. So start thinking through, what am I going to do today? And invite God into that. This sounds so easy, practical, doesn't it? Does it sound like, well, of course we know to do this. You know what, in all my years, I haven't done that. I haven't thought through my day and planned it out like that to say, God, oh yeah, I'm coaching baseball this afternoon. Would you help me be prepared for whatever opportunity steps in? I gotta tell you this last week, at the end of practice, my team is leaving. We always give them, you know, like fist bumps, like, hey, good job, good job. Hey, work harder next time. What's wrong with you? All that kind of stuff as they leave. And they're walking off, and I have this one kid who's always, he's kind of like the, um, you know, you always have a kid on your team who's like 14 going on 40, and this is my 14 going on 40, who's, you know, he actually showed up for tryouts 10 minutes late holding Starbucks. He's like, hey, guys. And the other coaches said, Ryan, he's yours. So he's mine. And uh, he's leaving practice. I don't know why he said it. He goes, see you, coach. Hey, did you know I'm an atheist? Literally, that's what he said to me. And I was like, uh. And so I, I, because I'm theologically trained, I knew exactly what to say. I was just like, uh. <laughs> what do I say to that, to a 14-year-old? And I'm thinking, where's the lawsuits in here? What do I, you know. And, and all I could really say is like, huh, that's interesting. Uh, well, I'm not. That's it. That's all I said, Okay. I'm pretty sure he had a great prayer session that night. His whole family came to know the Lord. But um, and in that, I just thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to see this kid a lot this year and his family. And that he opened the door to say, for me now to go, okay, what was that about? And to be able to ask him more about that. My deep conversation with a 14-year-old. But he started it. Think through, oh, I'm going to see him today. I'm going to see his family. What's that going to be like? Last practical one is this. Pray for the specific people that you will see. Who are the people you're going to interact with? You know where you're going, so who are you going to see? Oh, it's my coworker. It's my neighbor. And start to get real practical and say, I'm going to just pray for them by name. And you know what? Most of the time my prayers are, I, I, you know, I pray for Ryan. Pray that you do something there. I don't know what. And by the way, if you're here today, and you're here because your neighbor brought you, because they've been praying for you, because uh, they want you to know Jesus, and you're like, wait a minute, I just saw your game plan, you're, after, you're out to get me. <laughs> we want you to know that we think God loves you and cares about you so much that we're willing to get real practical, because we want you to know the God that we know. And if your friend or neighbor brought you here today or shared this message with you, it's because they love you, not because they're trying to do something secret. In fact, they're being very obvious. They invited you to church. They want you to know Jesus. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So think of those people that you will see today. Write them down and pray for them. That's it. So step one. To love others like Jesus is begin with prayer. You think we can do this step? I think you can. All right. We're there. We're there. Two of us think you can do it. So we're going to invite you to do this. We think 
that we, I believe that if we do this and open our eyes and say, what are the opportunities? I am willing to bet five weeks from now, we're going to go, oh my gosh, you know what just happened to me? Do you know what just happened? This person came up. This kid just came to me and said, hey, I'm an atheist. What do you think of that? That opportunities will be there. And know what? You already have what it takes, Christ in you, to be what that person needs. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And we're going to respond with a song. And this last song we're going to sing is really just about this amazing love that God has for us. And some people actually, I heard um, from the person who helped write this song, and said they took so much criticism, because the song is the, it's Reckless Love, right? That is the name of the song, yes. And they got criticized by that. Like, you can't say God's love is reckless. That doesn't make sense. And it's so cool when they're thinking about it and saying, I remember being there when we wrote that song, and we're just thinking about how crazy God's love is. It's just thrown around to all these people who don't deserve it. It's just to those, who, those of us who are just keep messing up with the same things, to those who are struggling with addiction. He throws it to those who've been convicted of crimes. He throws it out to those who just, they're not good people, but his love is thrown there. And it just keeps coming back time and time and time again. And that's who our God is. So we're going to sing this song about this reckless love that God has for us and he has for your friends and your neighbors and your family members and all those who have yet to meet our Jesus. His love for them is incredible. So would you stand with me and let's sing together and be reminded of this truth. That's not about us and our love and our perfection. It's God's. God, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for who you are. And I thank you that you threw out your reckless love towards us. Reckless in the sense of it doesn't make sense to us as humans. It doesn't work with our patterns and our status, but God, it's your way. So Lord, would you remind us of your love? And Lord, would you allow that to flow through us? that the world may know who you are. We thank you and give you this time.